coming to you from beautiful Santa Barbara, California. Promoting peace, healthy living, and happiness. It's the Peace Podcast with host Barbara Gon Mueller. Welcome, I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and you're listening to another fabulous, inspirational, woman, Bettina Gray. I have known her for so many years, and I am honored to call her friend. She interviewed my late husband, Robert Mueller. On her YouTube channel, you can listen to that interview. Um, There's just so much about Bettina that I truly admire and love. I'm Barbara Gon Mueller, and I welcome you to this show today, to our Peace Podcast, to bring you health, happiness, and peace. Just think about that. If we're at peace, what we can do as human beings. But let me tell you a little bit about Bettina. Bettina received the award, the Interfaith Visionary Award in 2010 from the Temple of Understanding. She's a co-founder and a former chair of the North American Interfaith Network and an Emmy-nominated interview host. And man, can she interview like nobody I've ever met. Before we were on our recorded session, she said that She's going to tell you what she said about how she got to know God. And I, I'm going to let her use those words because it's so beautiful. Most recently, she was a composer in residence. And I'm going to have her talk about the chorus that she worked with in San Francisco. Completed an artist residency at Centrum Center in January 2020. And is participating in the Three Music Composition Commission for Spring 2020. Now that's just the tip of the iceberg. This woman is much deeper than that. When our friend in common, Elizabeth Soturis, turned 60, she treasured that moment and she came from San Francisco to my home in Santa Barbara. And we welcomed Elizabeth Soturis to the other side of 60. Now she and I were just youngins then, but Elizabeth Soturis was turning 60. And it was a milestone to me, a milestone birthday. So we invited 60 women, 30 after 60 and 30 before. And Bettina and I sat there in that joyous feeling of what it's like to move into the 60s. And that's just another of the tip of the iceberg of why I love Bettina. She is incredible. She is the lady who picked us up in San Francisco and took us to the 50th anniversary of the United Nations. She is just my best friend. Bettina Gray, welcome. And may I just say thank you for being in my life. What an introduction. <laughs> I think I recognize that person. <laughs> oh, you just look in the mirror and give yourself a kiss because of what you do. It goes backward. Back to Thank you. you. Thank you. You know, she sent to me the interview. I shouldn't call it an interview. Her conversation with Robert before I met him. He was looking different then. He didn't have... Um, all of the trappings of a, of a UN Secretary General or Assistant Secretary General. He was a strong human being and she got that from him. She got why that man could work for 40 years at the UN. She gets the essence of her guests. I hope you'll share your YouTube channel and talk a little bit about what motivates you to interview these incredible humans on our planet. I've just always been very intensely curious about other people. My mother told me a story 
well, actually, I do vaguely remember it. I was about five years old, and my family used to follow me around and apologize. Because <laughs> I, it's true, my older brother, five years older, oh, because I would meet someone I who's different or I didn't know, or so, and I'd go up and I'd grill them with questions. Who are you? Why are you here? From a very young age, I loved to meet other people, strangers, and learn from them. And as I got a little older, in my early teens, I learned the phrase namaste, which is the Hindu greeting, I greet the divine within you. And I began to think, if I want to understand God, divinity, I'm going to most understand it by meeting all those fragments of deity out in the world that live and manifest through each of us. And it's been a life exploration. I love to get to know people. Of course. Boy, that just resonates with me because as I mentioned to you in the pre-interview that I interviewed 60 of the speakers for the 2016 World Peace Conference. And then immediately following that, I was able to start the Rotary E-Club of World Peace, where we could invite these speakers back again to dwell on their gifts how these speakers were invited to speak about peace and how as a principal or a doctor or an acupuncturist, they were bringing peace to the people they met. And that's what I feel when I look at you, Bettina. We both have that in common. I can learn so much from others. I think yes, and actually, maybe that's the whole goal of life and self-mastery is to find a way to bring that brilliant light that we're gifted. That I believe, that's part of my belief system is that there is a divine spark in each of us. And our responsibility is to give place, life, breath, to bring it into the world and to build a scaffolding of our spiritual selves, our souls, out of making, making that alive. And so I'm learning from the people I'm learning from the divine. I mean, of course, there are rotten people in the world. <laughs> there are folks who go far short of that. And we have to be careful, wise as serpents, gentle as doves was what someone said. But when you find somebody who whose spark of life is so fresh, so real, um, that's when to learn. That's when to study them. To I love the people who are authentic, authentically who they are. And sometimes it takes me five minutes to get into that authenticity that they bring because they're so used to being what the world wants. And then all of a sudden that fades away and then I get to hear who they are and what their passion is. So I'm going to talk about the passion that Bettina has. Bettina, how has music fueled your soul? How has music fueled your world? I don't remember a time that music wasn't important to me. From a very under, under five years old, um, it, it's just part of me. It's something, my first cat, <laughs> I was, uh, the parish priest gave me a Persian cat. And I know I was maybe four years old, but my favorite piece of music was Rimsky-Korsakov Scheherazade. And the priest said it was a Persian cat. So I named the cat Scheherazade. 
<laughs> oh, here's Scheherazade. Holy cow. <laughs> That's a hard thing to say for a four-year-old. Yeah. But yes, music has... Um, it's interesting what comes to mind. There's a wonderful book called No Boundary by Ken Wilber. And he talks about that consciousness which is open and fresh. And music gives me access to that. I think each of us have a way to move into authenticity. And when you get there, it's not rules and regulations. So many people fear God, fear divine. I use the word God because that's my background and training. But we know what we're talking about. There is this spiritual reality. And so many people are afraid they're not good enough or that they'll be punished or that they spend their life worrying over the wrong decision. But some of our greatest teachers have said, fear not, that God's love is like a, a parent. It's loving and nurturing and forgiving. And this no boundary is to me, Jesus said, you'll know them by their fruits. And to me, the fruit of that open embrace, that authenticity is a freedom from fear and a no boundary. And music is all tied up in that with me. Mm. Isn't that beautiful? That the music is part of her almost vein or blood vein. It's in everything she does. It's almost like you can hear the music when I talk to you. You're in harmony with your body and with the universe. Um, how do you get rid of fear? There are so many people today who feel that they can't do anything because the fear has stopped them. In my own life, personally, I looked fear straight in the face and went forward anyway. I wasn't going to take let fear get in my way. I remember starting my first business and holding my nose as if I was jumping into a swimming pool full of vipers, but I jumped in anyway. And that business flourished and I would teach women how to jump in anyway. And then when Robert said, I love you, and I said, I love you back, I knew if I said that back, my life would change. I'd live in a dwelling that was not exactly San Francisco style, but was more like my gardener's backyard. And that's where I <laughs> fell in love. And I said, I can do this. I didn't let fear get in the way. How do you handle fear? Well, I think people think that they're supposed to get away from fear and not have it. And the fact is, I'm afraid every time I do a performance. I'm afraid every time I start to write a piece of music. I'm terrified when I sit down in front of people like the Dalai Lama and Sir John Templeton and the interview hasn't started yet and the first question and everything's resting on what happens in that conversation and I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm terrified. It isn't that you're not afraid. It's that you just go right on past it. And I'll give you an example. Good. Try not to think of a turtle. Try not to think of a turtle? Try not to think of a turtle. What is it that you're not thinking about? A turtle. <laughs> a turtle. If you let fear have the upper hand, it tells you and points you. And the way around it is to choose what you're focusing on. Mm. And your wonderful Rob, Robert, Robert Mueller, told me a story in the interview of having been captured by Nazis, thrown into a jail that was only standing room, for which fear 
any normal person would have been terrified and he was still the master of his fear. What did he do? He pulled out the stub of a pencil, the only thing he knew that he had in his coat pocket and started writing a love poem on the wall in pencil in the middle of this jail, not knowing his future at all. And that's being in command and choosing what else you want to think about instead of the thing that scares you. Choosing what else you want to think about instead of the thing that scares you. When I started my public relations company, I didn't think about, I didn't have enough money to have an office. I didn't think about anything except I could help people get the word out about what they were doing that the world needed. Mm -hmm. And then the universe supported me in incredible ways. I got to meet the founder of public relations, Edward Bernays. I took my American Express card and I used every last drop of money I had and I went to New York and I met Edward Bernays and I stood at his feet and I said, Edward, you're all 96 years young and I'm here to learn from you and what can I learn about public relations? Teach benefits. Tell the public the benefits of your clients. What's the, anyway, the engineering of consent. I learned at the foot of feet at Edward Bernays. And when Edward Bernays was my mentor for the next 10 years, he died at 106. Now, does public relations keep you young? Yes. Uh, well, people keep you young, engaged. Yeah. yeah. You have something else that's positive to think about. Then you can be in motion. You know, you can't steer a bicycle when it's still. The whole, you have to have a bicycle that's in motion. And fear paralyzes. You can't be in motion directed by your fear. So you have to choose something and begin the motion. And it's amazing once the motion starts, just like you gave the illustration. Once you're in motion on a positive direction, fear goes into the background and the excitement and the joy of what you're positively doing takes over. The joy and the excitement and the feeling of happiness. People ask me, where do you get all that energy? And I say, I think it's because I'm happy inside. And energy comes from being on the right path also. I feel like I'm on my life's purpose. And I love people. So what better thing could I do than be interviewing people like Bettina Gray you're listening to right now, who is a music teacher. She has students up the yin-yang. What, what all is this behind you, Bettina? Talk a little oh, bit about your this background. Is my, this is my gallery. And it comes from the belief that we never stand alone and we never cre create alone. We're always on the shoulders of others. This is a cabinet full of scores that are Beethoven, Bach, Brahms, Shostakovich, Stravinsky, orchestral scores, piano scores. This is my friend Rachmaninoff. We did a concert of all of his works recently with the chorus that I sing with. And my scores books, but that's from the interview with the Dalai Lama when I did the interview series called Parliament of Souls. The lower one, I don't think you'd see too well, is Swami Chidananda. Oh, yes. And there's another one, the glare isn't any good, but that was a set of interviews in India, in New Delhi. See, that's what I mean. You didn't let fear step in your way when you, I remember you going to India 
And I'm thinking, what the heck has Bettina gone to India for? And then she told me. And then, Bettina, can we listen to some of these interviews? Do you have your own YouTube channel? Yes. Um, the channel is called Creative Films Media. And if you, for instance, look Creative Films Media and put Bettina Gray and put those two together in a search, you'll find it. Because and you sent me that video of Robert's interview you did with him. And it's like the magic of your moment with him is there for eternity. That's a value of the media that we have today. Eternity isn't going to shut down this media. We have Robert right there for the rest of us to enjoy. Thank you, Bettina. Thank you for the point of view of Robert, because he told me all about you. I met this woman, and I said, well, <laughs> okay. And he talked about who you were. Later on, because you know, you that interview probably was done in the late 80s. Am I right? The interview was 1993. So we had we met the next year. Yes. That's why it was so fresh, because he was talking about you. Yeah, interesting. Um, I met Robert in 94, and it was at the Invitational, and he wrote back on his letter that was in his invitation. He didn't write me a long, lengthy, I'm going to be there and looking forward to it. No, I will attend with enthusiasm. And that <laughs> just resonated with who I am with enthusiasm because that's what I do everything with. If I'm not enthusiastic about it, I don't like to do it. And so when he said, I will attend with enthusiasm, I said, I got to get to know who this Robert Mueller is. We were talking about something just before the interview started about the balance between heart, soul, logic, thinking, rational, choice, and some people advocate you have to go for your feelings, you have to find your feelings, and that's where reality is. And I said to you, as a composer, it's different for me. I feel that balance is in the harmony between rational, logical, structuring and inspiration and heart because without structure a, a piece of music falls apart the training of music as much as everyone feels that it's all emotional it's not learning music theory and learning to master notes and to put them in an order and a form is very rational log logical most composers are contrary to belief they have to have a rational side. They have to be architects as well as translate the feelings of time into something. So what is music anyway? How can you define it? You can't. It's so ethereal. But it takes rational structure to do that. And I think you talk about happiness. How do we find happiness? I think we find happiness by learning to balance regular rational thought. We need that right now so much. And inspiration, uh, feeling, heart, love, but it's, it's a balance. To me, that's a melody, what you just now said. It allows us to put the harmony of the 
orchestra, the music, the composition, the musicians, everything together. But it doesn't happen without discipline. And so I put that in that margin too. And why? When I started my public relations company, I had to have the discipline to understand the client, to understand the benefits. And it took discipline and it took hours. And so I think the same thing. Music just doesn't pop out of your head, although sometimes it does. If you're the Beatles, you will be able to write music in your sleep. But I think what you're talking about is a metaphor for life. That when you have the discipline and you have the harmony and you have the good intentions, I think intention and vision all fit into this, this package of a composer musician, right? Well, and you can't do with any single one of those. They, they work together. Mm -hmm. the, in, the reason intention, I think, functions is it's, it's a basic part of choice. We are surrounded in life with so many choices, and we really do have to exercise our will and learn to choose which way to go, which even in a piece of music, which set of tones to use. When you plan a business, you it isn't just rigorous self-discipline. Discipline's good in its own. It's discipline because choice. You're exercising choice. And maybe you won't make the right choice the first time, but having exercised it, you know the path, you begin to learn how to make the right choice. And learning how to make the right choice is growing up. Is it ever too late to learn music? Is it ever too late? No. And anyway, most of us carry it, even if you enjoy it, you're, you're learning music. Just the simple receptivity to it is is being a musician, being with music anyway. Music is, uh, to me, a soother. If I uh, have something that's working in my life, I'll sit down and listen to some fabulous music, and all of a sudden, my harmony returns, my harmony with myself, the mm -hmm. balance that I have been struggling with comes back. Is that something that you feel is oh, important? Completely, completely. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes it isn't emotional. I mean, all my life I've started my morning playing Bach because it organizes my brain. <laughs> wow. I don't know how to explain that, but Bach and playing it and doing the physical, physicalness of moving my fingers in a keyboard and reading the patterns is Bach is all about patterns and his patterns are so beautiful. And the way he grows them and the little seeds of this and that. It I'd love to hear that. Do you have that on your YouTube channel, your Bach? Well, you know where I'm sitting? In front of the piano? This laptop is on the piano. There you go. Oh, that's just a little teaser. I'm with you, honey pie. I should wake up with you. I love Bach. Bach has been a soother to me all my life. And also um, a discipline. Because if you listen to Bach, all of a sudden you say, okay, I can do this now. I can do that. And then you get back to what you need to do. There's something about that. Yeah. And that's not all the music. Some music just puts me in harmony with my sleep. <laughs> <laughs> and that's good. We don't have to like I everything. No, it's perfect. Well, what an interview. What a 
peacepodcast.org I've had with Bettina Gray. She mentioned several times that you could go to creativefilms.com and listen to some of the interviews this fabulous woman has done. Today, I've just felt like it's just my lucky Friday to be with Patina. And you know, as you sometimes we say, well, what are we going to talk about? Let it flow. I think that's what a good conversation is. It's standing back and listening and having an opinion now and then and being open to walking in their shoes as we did with Patina. Oh my goodness. If you could have been at that 60th anniversary birthday party for Elizabeth Soturis and watched these women as these women began the ceremony of welcoming people to the other side. You don't have to be 29 to live your dreams. You can be any age and live those dreams as Bettina has and as I am walking in my dream path. And I wish you a very, very happy and successful coronavirus result that we will start this new beginning together. The music will take us there. And Bettina, do you have a last word today? Oh, too many. But don't let fear drive you. You're either in charge of life or life's in charge of you. You're either the master of the circumstances or they just happen to you. And when you follow a passion and choose it and make good rational structure of how to get that going then you're you're grabbing the circumstances and making life you're happening to life not life happening to you you're grabbing life and living it is what i'm getting and i love it this is bettina gray aren't we lucky that we got to listen to her today invite your friends to sit down and watch and listen and talk about what bettina's talking about what have you learned today I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller, and I have learned a lot. It's been a pleasure, Bettina. Thank you so much for bringing wisdom to the Peace Podcast. I'm Barbara Gahn-Mueller, wishing you a very successful rest of your life, Bettina, and all our viewers listen to her. And I thank you. And again, join us at peacepodcast.org. Bye-bye. 